You're listening to Compassion Church Dixon Podcast. It's good. Today we start a series called Heroes versus Villains. I think that's what it's called, right? Yes, Heroes versus Villains. Which one are you? And can I just be honest and open with you? I hope that I can be like that from the pulpit. I am that way all the time. But man, I've just got these things that's on my heart that I know that God wants me to say. And I'm just going to try my best to kind of fit it into all of what the sermon series is all about, right? So we don't want to put God in a box, but I really think today's sermon, and honestly, moving forward from today, I think that we can really tie this into this hero and this villain, right? And the hero in our life is really the spirit, God, who God is in us and through us. The villain in our life is our flesh. If you would, reach down and pinch yourself. Okay. All right. There's your villain, right? If, if I could get a mirror, I could look in the mirror myself and go, you know what? I could be the biggest hero in my life through the power of the Holy Spirit, or I could be the biggest villain in my very own life through allowing the flesh to overtake me. And so we're really going to talk about flesh versus spirit today. We're, we're going to break it down. I'm going to read out of Galatians chapter 5. And then next week, we're going to go on into Galatians chapter 5, and then we're going to go to Romans chapter 8. The next week, we're going to stay in Galatians chapter 5, and then we're probably going to go into 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7. I have this laid out. Because I honestly believe if we can ever get this under control, if we can ever get the flesh, and really it's not flesh and blood, it's just not my physical body, but it's my thoughts, it's my ego, it's who I think I am, it's, it's those things that drive me and control me that are not of the Spirit of the living God. So what we're going to do is we're just going to break that down and we're going to try to figure out how can we control this to where we can be heroes, not only uh, to our churches and our community, but to everybody around us. That was my opening statement. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18, okay? And before we go there, you just got to understand, you've got to know what outfit you're going to dress yourself in. Anybody like superheroes? What about villains? What, what do they both have in common? Their outfits, right? So, so you've got these villains, and as soon as you see the outfit, if, if I said the Joker, is he a hero or a villain? Why would you say that? Because you automatically think of what the Joker looks like, right? And if I say Superman, what do you think? You think of a hero, right? Or a Spider-Man. All right. Captain Underpants. <laughs> All right. Some of you don't have kids. You don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Listen to this because we're really going to break this down. And I just want to talk. I want to preach to you. I, I don't want to just get up and scream at you. I want you to change. I want to change. And I think that's what our goal should be in this specific series. We're, we're going to defeat this villain called the flesh this month. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. I say then, this is Paul speaking. He says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Someone say in. in. Not by. In. Walk in the Spirit. Listen. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now that one scripture, 
Let, let me just, Kenzie, would you just go ahead and come on out? We're done. <laughs> Call the altar team back up. I mean, that, that's how powerful that one scripture is. If you will walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let, let's go on in verse 17 and 18. I don't even got excited. 17, for the flesh, look, he gives this comparison. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. Listen, so that you do not do the things that you wish. This is just plain language. This is just Scripture 101 when it comes to this hero and this villain that's in your life and how they're warring on the inside of you. There's a war within you. And we've got to figure this out together. Verse 18, but, say but. Say it again. But if, if, that's where it's on you. That's where Jesus is a perfect gentleman and he's not going to force himself on you. But he says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, now, can I just break down and teach you just for a moment? Because this does not mean that you don't have to fulfill the law. Hold on a minute. Law was Old Testament. What are you talking about? No, nope, you got to read your scripture. I understand the law was the Old Testament. You got to flow with me just for a minute. You got to want to grow. You got to want to mature up just a little bit. Because Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Okay? I'm going to take you real quick. Go to Romans. I want you to go to Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. We're going to really dig into this specific text next week. But I had to jump over here real quick because I want you to hear what it says. They don't have this on the screen. So this is just something I felt when I was on the front row today. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Y'all with me? We'll break it down next week really, really clear so you'll really understand it. Uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. Now listen, this is, this is the key. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who? Who? Some of you got your Bible out. I love it. I love it. In us... Hold on. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. God is using us through His Spirit to fulfill the law. And I'm going to tell you, the only cure of the curse of the flesh is to be led by and to walk in the Spirit. And, and here's, what, here's the spiritual climate we have. When people start talking about the Spirit of God, pe people just jump to, to places to go, oh, well, we can't talk about the Spirit of God. That's some freaky-deaky stuff, I tell you. We can't talk about that stuff. And it's the very thing that leads you. It counsels you. It helps you. It comforts you. And if we don't watch it, we will run. Miss Beverly's about to run. <laughs> We, if, if we don't watch it, we will run from the Spirit instead of being led by the Spirit. 
See, this is deeper than just saying it. If I go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you know what walk in the Spirit means? Go back and look it up in your Strong's Concordance. It means to be under the influence of. I wonder what we're under the influence of. Are you under the influence of your flesh? Are you under the influence of your emotions? Are you under the influence of your feelings? And every time somebody does something, you get your little feelings hurt and you jump around from church to church. Under the influence of flesh. When God said he don't want you to be under the influence of flesh, he wants you to walk in the Spirit. He wants you to be under the influence of the Spirit. Now, I don't know if you've got a pass, but i got a pass. i got two DUIs. It means driving under the influence. Within a six to eight month time frame, i got two DUIs. And what that meant was I was under the influence of something that was illegal and I got caught. And I was doing something that I shouldn't have done because I allowed something to come in me that harmed my impairment. And so now I'm driving under the influence of alcohol. And I will tell you, some of you, you are driving your life under the influence of flesh. And it's changing your impairment. It's causing your vision to change. It's causing who you think you are to change. When God is saying, man, you're on this journey with me. You've got to walk in the Spirit. You've got to walk in the Spirit. This is a journey. This is a daily walk. This is an hourly fight. Come on. And some of us, you want to know why we're controlled by our flesh? Because we live by ourselves. We're controlled by the flesh because we live by ourselves. What do you mean by that? I'm not talking about physically. You live alone down on, on Second Avenue. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you don't invite the Spirit of the living God in your life, and you're trying to do life without the Spirit as a Christian. Because grandmama said that the Spirit was bad, and we don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, so we can't even have that conversation. It is crucial to walk by the Spirit. You say, why? I don't know, just start thinking about that. Because if it's crucial to walk by the Spirit and we should be led by the Spirit, we've got to understand that the incentive for walking in the Spirit is that you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What's the benefit, Pastor Jamie? When you walk in the Spirit, you will not do what you've been doing. You can't tell me that you're walking in the Spirit when you're walking up in the bar on Friday night. When you walk in the Spirit, you don't walk in the bar. Come on. When you are literally walking in the Spirit, I'm not saying that things won't tempt you, and I'm not saying that things like that won't maybe come into your life and you allow a few things to happen, but I'm not going to dumb down the gospel like a lot of people. I'm telling you, if you fully walk by the Spirit, you will not struggle with your flesh. The way that you struggle with the flesh right now. Amen. Flesh. Flesh is not the body itself. This body is not evil. This is a creation of the living God. In His image and likeness. 
according to the book of Genesis. Flesh is ego. It's who you think you are. For some of us, it's our self-esteem. It's our self-importance. Yeah, but if I start doing that, then I won't be doing this. Well, who cares? Who cares if you lose every one of your friends? Because if you're trying to better your life and your friend group leaves you, you didn't have a friend group. Those people don't care about you. Do one thing wrong in their life. They'll drop you like a bad habit themselves. When the Bible says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, and this flesh, it's, it's this ego which feels, uh, uh, feels as in touch. It feels an emptiness and uses its own power to try to fill us. It feels, this flesh feels, oh, well, there's a void in my life. I don't know what to do. I guess I'll pick up a drink. I guess I'll pick up a, a needle. I guess I'll go pick up another girl or two or a guy or two. I guess I'll go pick up another job. I guess I'll go pick up... Flesh is the I who tries to satisfy me with things outside of him. I don't need that. So the question today should be in all of us, what's the spiritual temperature of your life? What's the spiritual temperature of your life? Let me ask you another question. Do you love Jesus more than you love yourself? Because if you love Jesus more than you love yourself, you'll be led by the Spirit. If you love yourself more than you love Jesus, you'll be ran by your flesh. You'll be controlled, pulled here and there, tossed to and fro all of the time by your flesh. Romans chapter 8 verse 7. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile. It's, it's rebelling against God. It don't care about the things of God. I said in the room this week, I don't even know how God has put me in these rooms with these people, but Jim Cimbala, y'all ever heard of Jim Cimbala? Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, Brooklyn Tabernacle. And here's this whole thing. He was talking about holiness. He was talking about people on fire for God. He was talking about people who give excuses, live by the flesh and all that. I didn't get my sermon from Jim, even though I would have preached it if I got one from him because he's that good. You know, but, but he's sitting there sparking some stuff in me as he's saying all of this. And he said, you know, people start going around and they're, they're living by the flesh and because of earth and, and all the desires and the things that they have going on in their life. They'll look at you and they'll go, hey, well, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. He said, the fact of the matter is you don't. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But how many Christians are not going to church? A Christian is a Christ follower. I'm not talking about a believer. You, the devil believes in Jesus. Anybody know that? Hey, hey, look, look. the devil knows Scripture. The devil knows all of that stuff. And he makes this statement. I thought it was a pretty profound and bold statement because he's just this old guy. He said, man, I'm 80 years old, and I don't care what any of y'all think about me. And I'm like, now this is my kind of guy right here because I'm 42 years old and don't care about anything. Right? So, 
So I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, this is crazy. But he said, what makes us think that Jesus is going to invite us into heaven when we won't even visit him on earth? What makes us think? I just don't understand. And this guy just full of wisdom. And his, his whole point there was just this sold out relationship to God. You're either in or you're out. And for me to tie it back into what I'm saying, you're either walking in the spirit or you're not. And if you say, well, what's the basic mark of the flesh? The basis, basic mark of the flesh is this. It's unsubmissiveness, if that's a word. If it's not, I'm from Dixon County. I can make up anything I want to make up. It's when we're unsubmissive. You say unsubmissive, what do you mean? Was God's word telling you to do something and you're not doing it? Then you're unsubmissive. Well, I'm going to be obedient, but I've got a few things I've got to figure out. Delayed obedience is disobedience. See, because what the flesh does not want to do, it does not want to submit to God's absolute authority. To be led by the Spirit, right? To be led by the Spirit. For us to, to not just follow, but to be linked up and chained to the Spirit of God. Absolute authority in our lives from Jesus himself. Does God have absolute authority in your life? Does he? See, I may be talking today and you go, flesh, whoa, flip, flip. <clears throat> flesh. Well, I... Preacher, I have a lot of that still left on the inside of me. Here's the cool thing. This is, this is where I'm going to break down. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to kind of talk for a minute because I think we live in a culture today, even um, if we don't watch it, we'll experience this here at this church too, okay? But we live in a spiritual climate today to where we're not really taught grace the way that grace is supposed to be taught. And it's either very shallow grace, do whatever you want. Grace will cover you. It doesn't matter. Just say a prayer. You're going to be fine. It's called fire insurance. God bless you. You're a good man. You're a good woman. Right? Or, or it's, this, it's this other side to where Grace is really not even invited into a conversation because you got to be perfect and you got to be right and you got to be holy and everything has to go pop, 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 pop. And then when you're under that, you feel like you got to raise your hand every time somebody says, Oh, did you sin this week? Oh, hallelujah, I sinned. I need to, I, I've lost my salvation. I need to gain my salvation, which I, I personally believe that you can lose your salvation. But I don't think that that happens if you make a mistake and you get right on your knees and you say, God, I'm so sorry. Please help me through this. Please help me through this. Because if you have a little bit of flesh still left in you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't a Christian. You're a Christian, Right? I've always seen it like this. If you're really diving in and trying to have a deep relationship with God, if I find myself in a situation to where somebody cuts me off and I go, bleep, you're number one. 
Matter of fact, number 11. (laughs) But something's on the inside of me right after I do that, and I go, oh, I know I shouldn't have done that. Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. See, I don't have to go back and say a sinner's prayer after I do that. I just have to confess my fault to him. I've just got to confess my sin. What does it say? First John 1, 9. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's just who he is. That's grace. That's grace. I think heroes and villains are always fighting. I don't know if we've ever watched a show. You know, if it's, I don't watch movies, you know, because I'm holy. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like watching movies very much. But, I've never watched Spider-Man or name a movie where there's heroes and villains. Huh? Huh? Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man. So, so I've never seen a movie. Now, I have seen Iron Man. I've never seen Iron Man without that guy that's flying around. it has got all those arms. Maybe that's Spider-Man. I'm not sure. But they're always fighting. So let me ask you a question. Is there a war going on inside of you? Right now, I want you to, I want you to ask, answer that question in yourself. And if you want to say it out loud, you can. Are you at war right now? Are you at war right now? Here's what I want to tell you. If you say you are at war right now on the inside, something's right in you. You're doing something right. You're on the right path. You're on the right track. God's moving in your life. Why? Because there's a war within there's a fight going on. There's a struggle. If you're sitting there today going, oh no, man, my life's peachy queen. I'll tell you what, things are going good. <laughs> then there's probably something wrong because you're not pressing in and being led by the Spirit of God. Because anytime you start pressing in and you are led by the Spirit of God, the enemy's going to put a mark on your back and he's coming for you. Here's the good thing about what I just said. That's not a negative statement. That's a positive thing because we have to understand that the enemy has already been defeated. Now we don't live. Now listen, according to the flesh, we don't live like the enemy's been defeated. Every time something bad happens to us, we go in a boo-hoo fit and a pity party and we don't know if Jesus even loves us anymore. No, that's the war within. What are you going to do? You're going to sit down and let the enemy win who has already lost? Or are you going to stand up and tell the devil where he needs to go? Get your tail right back to hell where you belong. Right? The only thing worse than a war within is no war at all. If you don't have war, if you're not experiencing a struggle and a fight on the inside, that means your flesh has completely taken over. You say, well, no, 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 my my spirit has completely taken over. No, if your spirit is completely taken over, then you will always be in a fight. Come on. When you feel that conflict from within, you know what that means? That means that the Spirit has landed and is commanded and demanded battle with the flesh right then. Boom. I'm showing up. This is a believer of mine. They are a child of mine. I am here to do battle on their behalf. Come on. How do I know that I'm headed in the right direction? Do you feel the battle? If you don't, you're not heading in the right direction. Come on now. 
And I want you to understand in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, which we're going to read more of Galatians later on. Kenzie, you can go ahead and come on out. But you, you've, got, you've got to understand that the main point here is not war. Well, we're at war. We're at war. The main point is not war. The main point is victory. War's not, see, we always highlight the bad. War is not the main point. Victory is the main point. Come on. Amen. See, when you begin to get new God-centered desires, they crowd out the old man-centered desires. Thank you. I owe you $40. You've clapped twice. <laughs> Dang it, 60 Don't clap again. If you clap again, I'm going back down to 40 What he says, listen to this. But if you are led by the Spirit, verse 18, not if you are a follower, not if you follow the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. I got this in my notes. Listen to this. By Paul using the passive, if you are led, he emphasizes the Spirit's work, not ours. He emphasizes the Spirit's work. See, we're always focused on our work. Quit working. If you're working, you're not being led by the Spirit. Do you know that the Lord never tries to improve your flesh? He's not here to improve your flesh. You know what he does? He puts Holy Spirit on the inside of you and then he changes you. That's, that's what he does. He's not here to improve your flesh. A lot of us, well, I just want to be a better person. I want to be a better person. Walk in the Spirit, you'll be a better person. When you start putting God first, you'll be a better person. I wrote this down. Any of you watch NASCAR? Anybody? Yeah, one person. I got three. Hallelujah. Three now, I'm four, four now, five. Five now, six now. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Before the race starts, there's a pace car that comes onto the track. And they'll go two, three, sometimes four laps around. And then at a certain point, when the race is ready to go to the green flag, what does the pace car do? Slides off the track, goes down pit road, and, and pulls aside so that the drivers can do what the drivers can do. Y'all know what a pace car is? Okay, this is what I'm going to close with. Holy Spirit is not a pace car. So y'all thought I was going, oh man, Holy Spirit's our pace car. <laughs> He's coming out on the track, and he's leading us, and then he's going to leave us and let us out there by ourselves to wreck around, driving circles. Left, turn left, turn left, Johnny. What do you want me to do next, crew chief? Turn left, just turn left, man. I'm an NASCAR fan, I'm just messing. Now listen, he's not a pace car. He's a leader like a locomotive on the train. That's Holy Spirit. 
See, we don't follow in our strength with all of our horsepower. That's following a pace car. Some of you, you follow in a pace car. And then when the pace car drives off, it's all on that 750 horse you have under the hood. And some of you, God bless you, you got about 110. <laughs> Amen. Come on. We're running on one or two cylinders sometimes. Are we or are we not? But here's the cool thing about all of those things that's hooked up behind that locomotive. There's no engine. Walking by the Spirit means this, to stay hooked up to the locomotive. Here's why you got to stay hooked up to the locomotive. Because the cars have zero power without the locomotive. I'm chill bumping up here, man. Like from my head to my toe. I love it. Come on. Who are you hooked up to? You following some worldly pace car and you think you're on the right track and you're just running in circles. That's what you're doing. You're just running in circles. Or are you on a straight and narrow? There ain't no wrecking. There ain't no going to the left, going to the right. You're just hooked up to the locomotive. And you're going straight to where that locomotive is going to take you. That is walking in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let me pray with you today. Yeah, come on. Give God a big hand clap real quick. Hallelujah. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you so much uh, for for this church. Whew. I love preaching, God. Thank you for gifting me and allowing me to just have the privilege to stand before these people, stand before our online congregation and Would you just move us? God, there may be people in here, they've been led by a pace car, and they thought it was right. They thought that that's what they were supposed to do, and sometimes they get in a wreck, and they go in, and they they, they get fixed up and restored, and they get back on the track and all of that. But God, if there's people that's just in and out, in and out, wreck in, wreck out, and they're not hooked up to you, they're not hooked up to that locomotive, I pray that they'll hook up today. God, because just as that illustration was, those cars, we are the cars. We're the cars. We have no engine. Our only hope is you, God. The flesh is not an engine. The flesh is the very thing that's going to take us backwards. It's not going to take us into the places and the realms that you want us to be in. So maybe you're here today. And you say, Pastor, I hear you, Sermon. I'm not hooked up to the locomotive. I'm not being led by the Spirit. I need a new track in my life. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Come on, right now. No hesitation. Right now, yeah. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Several hands going up. If you're online right now, I just want to speak to you just for a moment. Right now is your moment. Right now is the time you can change your whole life. Right now is the time that you quit following the pace car car of this world, of your flesh, and you hook up to the mighty locomotive of the Holy Spirit, and you allow God to rule and reign in your life. Say this prayer with me just real quick. Say, Jesus, we repent of all the things that we thought were right, but were wrong. We confess our sins. We believe in you. You rose on the third day just for me. In this moment, 
I am hooking my spiritual car to the locomotive. Lead me, God. Do whatever you would want to do in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Give God a big hand clap today. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Compassion Church Dixon, go to our website, CompassionDixon.Church. If you would like to become a monthly financial partner, go to our website and click Give. Join us on Sundays, in person, or online, and be sure to follow us on social media. Also, be sure to share this episode with someone or online and tag us. Until next time.